Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the OK Gatsby. It is season four, colon, vibe, and read with us. I am joined, as always, by my intrepid co-host, Kevin Lavkovich. Kevin, how are you? Intrepid as always, baby. Keep that intrepid, <laughs> okay? Uh, we are we're near the we're near the end of the book. We are. I mean, we just discussed. I'm not. Sh- we'll see, we'll see. I don't know. This might be one of the last episodes, second to last episode. Uh, we're cl- we're landing the plane though. We are in. We are nearing the climax. Yes, we are extremely close uh, to the end of the book. Uh, but but things are not wrapping up. No, and that's what it's kind of it's kind of like when you um like you don't want to like a TV show. There was a Jerry Seinfeld bit about when there's a two-parter TV episode and you're like, "Wait a minute. None of these things are resolved. They don't have time." <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. We we're don't have like, that many we're chapters so left. so close where it's like it takes them a, a hundred pages to get out of a parlor. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? To resolve all these threats in the yeah. next like forty pages, it's like we're gonna need like three weddings, two balls, and a, a whole bunch of letters in order yeah. to resolve these things. And we're not—I don't see how we have enough time to to get it, get them. You know, absolutely not. There might there might be a, a Pride and Prejudice too. Continued. <laughs> She's teasing the sequel. That's for sure. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah, prouder and even more prejudiced. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger, prideful, and more prouder, <laughs> and uncut. Yeah, now it's it's a, like a, a lot of threads, but I think one comes to a pretty satisfying conclusion throughout this little spoiler alert. Yes, we're gonna get yeah. Like uh, I was kind of, and this kind of came out of left field. We were waiting for the resolution to the Jane and, and Bingley thing, and we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it today. Yeah, you're gonna see it live. Things are happening at a faster pace, wouldn't you say? Things seem to be happening at a fa- plot-wise faster pace. Yes, it's it's kind of weird to like figure out like what the goal of like the novelist of each era is, because there's definitely yeah. a type of like reader they have. Because everyone, tr- it, no one purposely writes a classic. Like people try to write the best book they can, but they're like, yeah. there's no way that they're, they're gonna know if they're gonna be read in 300 years. So what the, they're right. writing for their audience at their time. And I guess, like, what the audiences really liked at this time was sort of social manner, like, long extended scenes that don't necessarily move the plot forward all that much. Uh, yeah. They liked the learning the characters and all their little, go- like, goof arounds. But then that also leaves them at the end where a lot of things have to be wrapped up very quickly. Yes, right. No, it reminds me, yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, like some, although, yeah, some Stephen King books are like this, where Stephen King is really good at building tension, but he's not very good at relieving tension, in my opinion. So you get like 500 pages of like, oh my God, you know, is this going to happen? Is this, is, is he, this guy going to, going to uh, put his kid in the pet cemetery and bring him back from the dead? Um, and then it's like a few chapters where the thing actually happens at the end. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. But like really the whole story the whole experience is oh my god what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen and then the thing that the thing that actually happens is like oh yeah okay yeah, the answer is never as satisfying as as the question the lead up yeah 
It's a lot of, you know, it's uh she's teasing you. It's a lot of, you know. Yeah, she's a tease. She's a <laughs> She's a flirt. <laughs> she yo, yeah, Jane Jane's always teasing me. She's she's like, "Hey, come over." And then I'm like, "All right, I'll go away." He's like, "Oh, sorry, I fell asleep." He's like, "What?" <laughs> sorry. I had to write a letter. Sorry, I couldn't sorry, do it. Sorry, I had to write a letter. I was busy, uh, yeah. yeah. There's like a will they won't they, and it's like, yeah, with I mean, the Darcy thing, the Darcy thing is still stretched out. We'll we'll get into it. The Darcy, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's the thing where it's like, <clears throat> that's what the like, will they won't they is is all very fun, but you only get to have them will once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, wow. That's like that's actually very profound. You should write for the AV Club or something because it's like <laughs> that is that solves so much of modern storytelling. Is like, listen, we like we like the unknown. Yeah, and. And that's what that's like. Believe it or not, that's where you want to be. Like, you don't want Jim and Pam to be married. You don't want them. They it sucks when they're married. No, there's no. That's the driving conflict. That's the driving yeah. question. Right. And and uh, check out my think piece uh, uh, that I wrote about Jim and Pam and why The Office sucks after season four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, not that's not the driving question of the, the yeah. show's appeal. And this book, it's like, you don't want to know if Darcy and Elizabeth get together. It's so fun yes. to have them on different pages. You it's, think you want it. You think you want to know. But really, you like to be held in a, in a state of disbelief or a uh, state of expectation. Yeah. So it's structured as the first half, Darcy's in love with Elizabeth. Elizabeth doesn't know and then rejects. And then the second half is Elizabeth's love and Darcy. Darcy doesn't know. Yes. So it's like. That more and more it makes more sense to me what the structure of this book is. Right. You don't you don't want to see Elizabeth and Darcy like married and happy. That's boring. Who no. cares? You oh, your daughter's named Cece? Go the heck. Who gives a <laughs> crud? <laughs> Frick off. You know, that's what I say. Yeah, man. Freaking why don't you go in a lake? Go go write a letter in a lake, baby. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what I say. We're we're real rebels on this. Get out of here with that. We're irreverent as heck. (laughs) Intrepid and irreverent as ever. I see a line and I'm gonna cross it because I don't give a frick. Yeah. You know. Is that a line over there? Uh, Well, guess what? My butt is going over it. (laughs) Oh, and the rest of me, but butt first because that's the most irreverent thing to stick over the line. And you can uh, smooch my little butt. <laughs> we can't even say kiss on this podcast. Yeah, no, kissing is too uh, sensual. It's too way too sensual. Yeah, gonna say it. It, it implies a deeper connection. Certainly, as we know, as we as we see. Okay. Anyway, that was a long. That was a long riff. Period. <laughs> I, I'm sorry we distracted you with with just being silly. <laughs> We should get back sh- to the serious literature. <laughs> I'm sure you're listening to this because you you got a test on Pride and Prejudice, and you you only have 14 <laughs> hours to cram for it. So yeah, you're yeah, like, let me cr- poor high school kid who, who like instead of reading the book, listen to us for 19 hours to write a paper. <laughs> Maybe on on double speed, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, okay, enough riffs, okay, yeah, we get it. Say enough Brooklyn to about. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Why are they talking about Brooklyn comedy? The Brooklyn comedy scene. Why are they talking about local New York politics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on you. This is a nationwide. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. 
So uh, we we start off with Elizabeth gets her letter back in the fastest so, time in book history. Oh my god, my I got whiplash from how fast that was resolved. Is J- yeah, Elizabeth writes a letter, wants to know why Darcy was at the wedding, and boom, there's a letter. Boom, here's your answer. Yeah, things are speeding up. It's so, way faster. Yeah, Jane ran out of she's like, I, I can't wait around. Usually there would be like a, like three pages about like. It was a boring day. They went to the park a few times, and it's like, then we got I know. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't get to find out what kind of porridge Elizabeth ate while she read the letter, or yeah. like what, what she did while she waited for the letter to arrive. Yes. Who visited? Who, 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 yeah. who stopped by for tea? What kind of tea did they drink? What neighbor came over for a long dinner? <laughs> did anybody give uh, Jane a weird look when she walked into town? <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> yeah. These are the things we must know. We must know. Anyway, so we get taken out of the story. (laughs) Paint a picture. No, but it's awesome. We get, we get, I mean, we get the letter right away. Yes. And it is good news. Uh, Complicated news for Elizabeth, but um, it means that not all hope is lost. Yeah. So as soon as Mr. Gardner got back to London to help look for Lydia, who should show up at his door? But a one, Mr. Darcy. That's right. And was shut up with him for several hours, uh, she says. Mrs. Yeah. And they come up with a plan. And Darcy knows that Wickham has one friend in London, and that is this old housekeeper that he had to fire. Um, And she probably would know what's going on. Yes, Darcy found Wickham through this woman, Miss Young, right? Yes, or she Mrs. was a Young? governess to to his sister, and they stayed friends. And she got fired probably for something related to the sister and Wickham. Well, I think, like, yeah, she, like, helped the sister and Wickham run away together. Or she at least, like, allowed it to happen. She yeah. was there. So he's, like, she's, he's, she's friends with him. She'll probably know. And right. then they kind of, they st- like, do a stakeout. Um, because she would not betray her her trust, and but eventually they were like they got her to crack, and then they and that's how yeah, right. Darcy was able to find them through this woman, um, and Darcy wanted to come and and kind of rescue Lydia because he heard about it, and uh, he said that uh, Wickham's worthlessness had not been so well known. I love that like. Wickham is just referred to casually as being worthless. I love. Yeah, no, he's he's roasted the whole time <clears throat> in this. My favorite is that, um, but he found Lydia absolutely resolved on remaining where she was. She cared for none of her friends. She wanted no help of his. She would not hear of leaving Wickham. She was sure they would should be married sometime or other, and it did not much signify when. So, like, she's fully like, whatever. We're not married. I don't care. Like, I love this man <laughs> because she's sure they're gonna get married, though, which which indicates that Wickham has duped her pretty yeah. completely. Yes. Because also Wickham is, is Wickham's intentions are revealed that he didn't, didn't want to marry her. And he was maybe holding out for someone who was of more means. Yeah. He was trying to meet a French, uh, rich woman. Yeah. He <laughs> confessed himself obliged to leave the regiment on account of some debts of honor. So he's like, I read, I got into gambling trouble and this gr- and this girl came with me. <laughs> yeah. Wickham had, does not have a good plan. Yes. Not a plan in man. He is no. a party boy who got yeah. in over his head once again. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And he's like, look, Lydia wanted to come with me. I didn't really force her that hard. <laughs> so even Wicked's yeah. like, dude, she is freaking me out. She is too loud. <laughs> 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 like, be a little discerning, Lydia. <laughs> She wants to marry me, Wickham. <laughs> what a crazy person. Yes. Um, so yeah, he, but he's like, I'm going to marry a, a French aristocrat. That's what I'm going to do. That's how charming I am. And Darcy's like, bruh, like, get it together, man. <laughs> yeah, Darcy. I mean, Darcy's like the fixer, and he's like the he's like the the wolf in in uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. He comes in. He fixes it, everything, and then he gets out of there in secret. Yeah. And Darcy's like, hey, he goes to Mr. Gardner, and he's like, look, here's the deal. I'm going to pay these things for for Wickham, and, but don't tell anyone. You're yeah. gonna, like, you take credit for this. And, he, and, and Gardner's like, rightfully so. It's like, no, like, either I pay or you take credit. Right, and there's a good line about. I fancy Lizzie that obstinacy is the real defect of his character, after all. Yes, he has been accused of many faults at different times, but this is the true one. Nothing was to be done that he didn't did not do himself. So he's like, "No, I'm paying for this. You're taking credit," which is like, like I I get is very noble, but I also get Mr. Gardner being like, "What are you doing, man? You're like <laughs> not letting me help my own." niece <laughs> oh my god no yeah it's like it's like you take the boyfriend and the daughter out to out to dinner and then the boyfriend and goes sneaks to the to the bathroom and pays the bill on his way back and then the dad feels like hey man you just took away my right like yeah i am supposed to take care of this <laughs> right so mr gardner feels like less of a man and, and then his wife even mentions like he is so glad that you asked and that he could explain his because it's supposed to be secret, but you asked, and so he has Please to tell you. Don't, don't. I feel, I'm like, that's the worst thing is that, like, he <clears throat> also has to say that he paid. Like, yes, I did pay, knowing he did not. Like, doesn't give him right. the, the dignity of being a good uncle and makes him lie to his family about it. Yeah, Darcy's <laughs> such a like a like a weird, dark, rich hero. Like he's like like he can do whatever he wants. Cause he's so rich, and he but he can he makes Mr. Gardner do this. Like, take yeah. the credit for it. Yeah, it's wild. No, so it's it's overall an extremely generous deed, handled with the usually Darcy a plum of also making people uncomfortable while he does it. Yeah, I like how Miss uh, a Mrs. Gardner kind of like describes this whole situation, and she kind of she doesn't like say it outright, but she keeps kind of hinting that Darcy is doing this because he loves Elizabeth. Yeah, she keeps being like, I don't know why he did it unless he had any other motivations. And, like, those are, like, italicized yes. words. Yes. Like, it's so clearly, like, uh, she's, like, hinting at it. She won't say it in the letter, but she's like, he had he had almost no inclination to do it. I'm not sure why. I could never say. Yeah. Like he wants nothing but a little more liveliness. <clears throat> and that, if he marries prudently, his wife may teach him. <laughs> like, and Kevin is reading this as it's written. Like, yeah. that is how it's italicized to heck. It is yes. like. There is spike. Can you imagine adding italics to your letters? <laughs> I guess I do <laughs> sometimes when I really mean, like, I need this, the, every part of this tone. I got it like adding add all caps and stuff to things. <laughs> but you really got to be trying to express something pretty suggestive if you're doing that. If you're doing italics, man, that's rough. That's insane. Right. She's really laying it on pretty thick here. 
Might as well put a, a semicolon close parentheses in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little winky face. Winky face. But essentially what happened is that Darcy paid for everything, saved the day. Yeah. Uh, I do like this line. The children have been wanting me this half hour. So this mom, like, I, cl- I just made me think of a classic mom scene. Of, like, you know when your mom's on the phone forever and you're trying to get her attention? <laughs> <laughs> now imagine she's writing a letter for a half hour. <laughs> Mom, 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 mom. I'm writing a letter. <laughs> I'm writing a letter. Leave me alone. I'm just clo- I'm just closing a key plot point. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Elizabeth. New information about Darcy. She's thrown for a loop. More in love with him than ever. Yes, like she is. Like she's like reeling. Um. Yes. Uh, her heart did whisper that he had done it for her. So, like, she kind of believes that, like, he did this for me. Like, she wants to believe. Well, yeah, I mean, and she points out, like, this is the last guy in the world he wants to help. Um, and, like, so it says uh, he redu- he was reduced to meet, frequently meet, reason with, persuade, and finally bribe the man whom he always most wished to avoid and whose very name it was punishment to him to pronounce like what other yeah what other reason would he have to do all this to he had for done Wickham? all this for a girl whom he can neither disre- <clears throat> can neither regard or esteem so it's like yeah lydia is not why he did this he doesn't like lydia <laughs> there's there's like there's no explanation except for that he loves elizabeth it's like i mean like it's all anybody could could tell yeah um and then yada 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 she regrets uh Every ungracious sensation she ever encouraged, and every saucy speech she had ever directed towards him. I highlighted that too. <laughs> <laughs> good, great minds, great minds ride a bike. It's very good stuff. Saucy, saucy, saucy. <laughs> and and I mean, Kev, you gotta admit, those are some saucy speeches. She gives the sauciest speeches. She's always they teasing were, him. They were covered in a rich marinara of social criticism. <laughs> and boy, are those arrows sharp. Boy, was that sauce a spicy. <laughs> oh, so tangy, this sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, when you yell at me, it's a sauce, a spicy sauce. Why don't you come down and try my sauce no more? <laughs> you too good for my sauce? Hey, every day I'm making a sauce for me and my family and for you. And you know like? <laughs> was that Elizabeth? Is that Elizabeth or is that Darcy? Who is that? Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> that? Hey, I'm Elizabeth. I'm making the pizza with the sauce. <laughs> and I want Darcy to love me, but I'm so saucy to him. And this, it's so sa- and the crust so thin. The crust is buttery, but also crispy. And you fold it over. Ooh, you gotta fold it. It's so wide, you gotta fold it over. It's It'll so wide. The grease of my sauce, my sauce grease. The social criticism, you gotta fold it over. You can't handle it in the thin, so thinly sliced. Yeah. Well, there it, there it goes. There we go. And people were like, people were like, Kevin's acting weird, and then and then I just just jumped all the way <laughs> in. Also. Yes. But hey, it's Jane Austen's fault. That's a that's a funny phrase. Saucy, come on. Yeah, it's hilarious. Describing your protagonist as saucy. Saucy speech. What is this? The 1780s. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Ah, right, come on. Um, okay, and then while she's thinking about this, who comes up and interrupts her thoughts? But oh, Wickham. 
Yes. Wickham in the house. And he's like, uh, so uh, what do you know about me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Elizabeth's like, I know everything. And he's like, are you going to say anything? And he's like, she's like, no, I won't say anything. Basically, it's like, I feel like I feel like uh, he's being like, hey, so uh, are we cool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's one of those where it's like, you mad at me or are we good? Yeah, he's like, I have heard from authority, which I thought as good, that it was left you conditionally only and at the will of the present patron. And Wickham's like, you have. Yes, there was something in that. I told you so from the first, you may remember. He's like trying to like, I never lied to you. I I am actually a bad person. I uh, Yeah. <laughs> But also, I feel like Wickham is trying to reinforce like his version of the events with Darcy. He's like, I know you talked to Darcy, but I also remember I talked to you about this whole thing. Yeah, he's like trying and, to make uh, sure that that first meeting isn't thrown out the window of like. So it's like it's clear. It's kind of clear. Like you can see, we haven't really been able to see Wickham scheming. We've seen him being a charming guy, and we've heard that that these charms are just a facade for his uh, his. Uh, you know, screwy, screwboy ways. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but now we're kind of seeing one of those ways. I mean, he, which he's like, he's trying to cover up, cover his tracks, and like, kind of like coerce Elizabeth into believing his version of the events. Yes, and she just finally hits him with a, "Come, Mister Wickham, we are brother and sister. You know, do not let us quarrel about the past and future. I hope we shall be always of one mind." Right. She's like, "Look, let's just leave it alone." Like, you're a scumbag who kidnapped my sister, but, like, you, you're married now, and, like, whatever. Go up north. And yeah, then, that's really it. Yeah. Speak of the devil, Lydia and Wickham are finally going to leave after a short 10-day stay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically an afternoon. Yeah. Might as well not have come. Yeah. <laughs> 10 days, all right. So they're going up north, and I always thought of, like, I mean, that's kind of sad, but, like, they're going to see each other three, four times a year. Right, they're family. Yeah. And uh, the mom goes, Lydia, when shall we meet again? And she says, oh, Lord, I don't know. Not these two or three years, perhaps. Yeah, jeez. And that's I mean, from like, the south of London or south of England to the north of England. Yeah. S- smaller right. than Florida. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like right. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Like I'm upstate, and you're in New York City. It would like, be like if I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna see you until I'm 35, and you're 30. You know. <laughs> Sorry, pal. You know traffic. Yeah, traffic. Gotta hoof it. <clears throat> and also, when your mom asks you when you're coming home next, you gotta fudge the numbers a little bit. You, you gotta know what make I mean? it seem like you're gonna be there sooner than you actually intend on being. Right, like it's always tough. Like when Christmas is over, it's like there's no big holiday coming up to be For like, okay, I'll time. see you then. Yeah, right. But you got to be like, oh me, yeah, in a month or two. But it's like it'll be, it could be five months, you know? Yeah, because you got to go don't for say no that. reason. You just got to go to see your mom. <laughs> like, right. Like, uh, am I gonna get on a plane for that? Right. Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, but on Christmas, you're like, uh, I don't know, whenever, you know, next, so someday. Yeah. But you got to lie. You can't just be like, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, next Thanksgiving. You can't March. just say well, that. I'll think about March, maybe. Well, uh... <laughs> exactly. You you give him, a, but yeah, Lydia just goes eh, two or three years. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> and uh... then they talk about writing letters, and Lydia's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm married, so I I won't be writing a lot of letters." I'm My busy. sisters may write to me. They will have nothing else to do. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, it's like single women to write letters." 
<laughs> Lydia, no one has anything to do. Everyone spends all day playing cards and drinking tea, okay? No one does anything. Write a letter, okay? Yeah. And then they leave, and Mr. Bennett hits us with this uh, <coughs> his great line of about Wickham. He is as fine a fellow as I ever saw. He simpers and smirks and makes love to us all. I am prodigiously proud of him. I defy even Sir William Lucas himself to produce a more valuable son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Just sarcastically Just praising like, Wickham. He sucks yeah. up to us for 10 days straight. <laughs> He's so fake, yeah. Yeah, I hope Mr. Lucas has a son-in-law who sucks up to him this much. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Bennett is back, which is cool. I mean, for a while, it was like he was so sad about Lydia that he wasn't being his usual sarcastic self. No, he was really feeling the sting of his parenting style and the life he had built for himself. And now he can go back to finding his daughters silly as hell. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's all over now. Peace. I thought about myself for a little bit. That sucked. Back to being (laughs) funny. (laughs) Our boy's back. Woo! Woo True, true. Yes. Um, And then there's all of a sudden, wouldn't you know it, well, well, and so Mr. Bingley is coming down, sister. Oh, if it isn't Mr. Bing Bong Bingley. Hello. Hello. Ding dong, Mr. Bing Ding Bong. Dong. <laughs> Ding dong. Ding dong, Bing Bong. I want to marry your daughter or something. <laughs> Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> and so that is this spicy story to follow for the rest of this section. Yes. Uh, what? Mr. Bingley was never coming back to Netherfield. What is he doing now? And he's back. Okay, but real briefly, when I when I turned this chapter over, I was like, okay, so we got the news of Darcy paying for the wedding. I assume next we're going to have Elizabeth telling Jane about Darcy paying for this wedding and confiding this stuff in in somebody. But she never confides the information. Yeah, she kind of keep she keeps it to herself. I um you pointed this out to me, I didn't even think about it that like, yeah, it's weird that like there's a general sense that she should that he wants this to keep be kept secret, but like right. Jane is an expected confidant. In the letter, it was stated that you can tell this to Jane, of course, but don't say it to anybody else. It's a secret. So I was like, okay, we, I can't wait because usually whenever Elizabeth knows something, Jane knows it the next chapter, and they kind of talk about it and debate those little in those little fun ways of like Elizabeth is going to be more realistic and Jane is more optimistic and all that stuff. Yeah. But no. Yeah, no. I uh <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's weird that she would keep that inside cuz like I guess maybe cuz she also kept inside like a lot of the gossip about Darcy. My my theory right. is that like to say this would make Jane tease her the way that Elizabeth teases Jane, Jane these episodes. Of, like, Elizabeth doesn't allow her to have hope about Darcy loving her because she's too, uh, she's, she already rejected him and she's also worried about Lydia. Right. But, uh, but like, this whole chat, like, in the upcoming chapters, every turn, she's like, Bingley loves you. And Jay's like, no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and she's like, yes, he does. <laughs> so maybe I think it's just a natural, like, she's very protective of the information she knows because she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to confront this big thing that she loves Darcy. She doesn't, she doesn't know if Darcy loves her. 
And for the first time, she's very vulnerable to that rejection in a way that she was never before. I like that. Yeah, I think that she's keeping it. She doesn't want to. She doesn't even want to say it out loud because she's going to be disappointed. And she does think about Darcy to herself a little bit while while Bingley is visiting. And we'll 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 talk about that. But I thought it was very notable that she doesn't share the information that she has right away. Yes. But anyway. Ding dong, bing bong! Here comes the nice guy, Mister Bingley, the golden Hello. retriever of of Pemberley. <laughs> um, the perfect match. So and then, so they talk about it, because uh, this is big news to everyone. But Jane, Jane keeps trying to play it off. She even yeah, says, can "I see saw it. you look at me today, Lizzie, when my aunt told us of the present report, and I know I appeared distressed." But don't imagine it was from any silly cause. I was only confused for the moment because I felt that I should be looked at. I do assure you that the news does not affect me either with pleasure or pain. I am glad of one thing, that he comes alone, because we shall see the less of him. Not that I am afraid of myself, but I dread other people's remarks. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, I don't care. I just don't want to be looked at. That's all. (laughs) Right. And it's like, you're saying it's like such a funny, uh, like, bit, like, she so clearly is obs- like in- obsessed with Bingley and like loves him and thinks that maybe it could be happening. Maybe that's why he's coming back to Netherfield, but she won't allow herself to say it. She was like she was genuinely hurt in a way that <clears throat> that changed her. Like right, he was only the best man of my acquaintance, and like like the sisters connived against her. Right, and like so, so now she's like too very protective and trying not to, because even to acknowledge her, she'd probably have to change her worldview and attitude. Um. So yeah, so Elizabeth's like, of course, that's what I'm thinking is that he's gonna marry you, but she doesn't right. say it alone. And she, and then Jane goes, uh, "Yet it is hard that this poor man cannot come to a house which is he has legally hired without raising all this speculation. I will <laughs> leave him to himself. Like I'm not gonna get involved with this. This poor gentleman. <laughs> yeah." Miss Miss uh, Mrs. Bennett asked Mr. Bennett to go visit, and a call back to the uh, the beginning of the book says, "No, no, you forced me into visiting him last year, and promised if I went to see him, he should marry one of my daughters. But it ended in nothing, and I will not be sent on a fool's errand again." Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, yeah, Mr. Bennett is back to his original form of clowning on his daughters who want to get married, and his wife who want to get his daughters married so badly. Yeah. And he's right. He's like, hey, I tried that once. And I didn't do that again. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, like, say, blah, blah, blah. He knows where we live. He says he knows where we live. He can come call on us if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. He knows my address. He knows where I'm at. Let me read my book. Come at me. So, like, he goes visits. But then, wouldn't you know it, he comes by to visit. He does know where they live. Yes. He's there. Um, but so Jane again is like, well, mom's always talking about him. I wish he would stop. And it's like, Jane, why do you, you care so much? <laughs> so I was like, I wish I could say anything to comfort you, but it's wholly out of my power. You must feel it. And the usual satisfaction of preaching patience to a sufferer is denied me because you've always had so much. But then Mr. Bingley arrives. <gasps> Mrs. Bennett, through the assistance of servants, contrived to have the earliest tidings of it that the period of anxiety and fretfulness on her side might be as long as it could. (laughs) 
So she wanted to know as much like as soon as he was going to come in, even the even though it would just make her anxious for those five days or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, she wants to know the minute. The minute he arrives, and I like this, like they're using this like network of servants to figure out exactly what people are doing, yeah, and exactly when. It's like that's where all the gossip comes, it comes and goes through this like Mrs. Phillips, etc. Who are very rarely given even one, like more than one dimension in this book. <laughs> oh, no, none. It's like, like yeah, they just like they're just standing there listening the whole time. Yeah. They're just using these plot devices. Yes, and then they uh, they see him come by, and then. But guess what? Bingley does not arrive alone. Who should be with him but his old pal, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Mr. Darcy, he's here. And wow, yeah, what an entrance. Yes. And he comes in, and we forget that Mrs. Bennett's so clueless, she loves Wickham and still hates Darcy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Once again, the lesson for reading Pride and Prejudice, it's so important to know who knows what at what time. Yes. And right now, Mrs. Bennett still sees Darcy as a scoundrel. Yes, the scoundrel who insulted his daughter and and ruined Mr. Wickham's life. Right. Now, yeah, this is her son-in-law now, this guy's family, and yeah. Darcy screwed things up for this guy and, I guess, by proxy, screwed things up for... Lydia, because now they're sharing all that money or that lack of money. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's an enemy of the state that's coming in. She's like, I will be cold and civil to him, but Mr. Yeah. Bingley, you better believe you're getting the classic Mrs. Bennett charm that oh, turned yeah. everyone off hundreds of pages ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate the very. I mean, like, who says they? I think it's Mrs. Bennett. Says I hate the very sight of him. Yeah. He's described as a tall, proud man. Yes, he's just tall and brown. It doesn't like looking at him. Yeah. So yeah, and Elizabeth's like, "What the heck? What's he doing here?" Uh, and she says, "Let me see first how he behaves, and it will then be early enough for expectation." She's like, "I'm gonna get a read on him, and I'll know if I should have hope or not." Exactly. And what in her read pretty quickly is that she should not have hope, yes. right? So he is being like he was when they first met. Gone is the familiarity of Pemberley, the effort to get to know the aunt and uncles, the the charm, the the introduce, all that energy is gone. And yeah, now, it's a he's he's a different guy at Longburn and and Hertfordshire than he is at Pemberley, and so that's a kind of a convenient um, narrative device plot device is that like Darcy is this kind of guy, and he's the, he's acting like he was at the beginning of the of the book, and luckily the place, the setting echoes his attitude so it's like a a nice echo once again it's an echo of the earlier chapters yes he looks serious as usual and she thought more as he had been used to look in hertfordshire than as she had seen him at pemberley but perhaps he could not in her mother's presence be what he was before her uncle and aunt it was painful but not an improbable conjecture and she's like maybe my mom is just so embarrassing that he can't be charming (laughs) Right. She keeps coming up for excuses for him to be behaving this way because, I mean, if you exclude, yeah, she loves him. But also, she has reason to believe that he loves her. I mean, like, paying for Lydia's and Wickham's wedding has no rational basis other than love for Elizabeth. There's no reason that he would do that unless he loved Elizabeth. So He tries to sell it to, like, I... 
Mr. Wickham is my burden to bear. I, I did not do enough to prevent him from being a scoundrel. Right, right. But, but he's like, like, yeah, this is my dog that got wild. Yeah, it's, it's like that's that's a lot of money for this weird guilt trip you're on. Right. Uh, let me see. So yeah, they're at this. They they go. They come over for uh for dinner. Is that right now? They're, yes, they're, they're both. They come, come over, over for dinner. And, it's and like, don't you gotta let them know when a second guest is coming? <laughs> <laughs> Please be polite. I did. But once again, that, uh, yeah, hit me. I began to be afraid you would never come back. People did say you meant to quit the place entirely at Michael Mass, which and it's spelled like Christmas, but with Michael in front of it, and that made me laugh. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, Michael Mass. Michael Mass. Mike Mass. <laughs> That's what, yeah, I'm going to celebrate that with my dad every year. <laughs> what hey, is that, though? I don't understand. I don't understand this. St. Michael's feast day. Oh, yeah. There you go. Michael Mass. Weird. <laughs> Michael Mass. Uncle Yo, what Michael are you doing for Michael Mass? Do you have plans for Michael Mass yet? <laughs> Mike Mass. I got to fly home from Michael Mass. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Michael Ma- Happy Michael Mass to your Michael ass. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> to your Michael butt. To Happy Michael, Michael Mass butt. to your Michael butt. <laughs> it sounds like what like a frat guy named Mike would uh call his birthday party. <laughs> Merry Michael Miss everybody. <laughs> uh, Mike we're, Miss. We're being silly. We're being silly. Okay, anywho, you know you know who else is being silly is uh Darcy, <laughs> no, well, Bingley. So serious. <laughs> yeah, Darcy. So he's not being silly at all, actually. But Bingley and Jane are being at least mildly flirtatious. Bingley is sitting down next to Jane, whereas Darcy is not sitting down next to Elizabeth. Yeah. Is that happening right no, here? She, wait. No, Darcy's like close to Miss Mrs. Bennett, and and wait, no. So like, she's talking to Bingley's ear off. Um. But also, she looks at Darcy. But Elizabeth is like getting nothing in. Darcy goes, "How's your aunt and uncle?" And she goes, "Oh, they're good." And like that's about it. Just like so little conversation. Yeah. There's an accusation. Like Mrs. Bennett very slyly accuses uh, Darcy of uh, robbing Mr. Wickham of his rightful uh, inheritance. Uh, knows nothing. Right, he has he has some friends, though perhaps not so many as he deserves. Oh. It's like a sly, like it's a sly, like dinner faux pas. Like this is effectively like punching Darcy in the face for Victorian times. Yes, <laughs> about the one thing, like yeah, and Elizabeth mortified because she knows the depth of what he sacrificed for their family, right. and that Wickham is actually the scumbag. I don't know how Mrs. Bennett forgives Wickham this quickly. Where it's like, she's, he still kidnapped your daughter. <laughs> I know. But he did the best thing in the world, which is marrying her. That's the best thing that yeah. anyone can do in Mrs. Bennett's eyes is marry her daughter. Yes. And then she says, when you have killed all your own birds, Mr. Bingley, I beg you will come here and shoot as many as you please on Mr. Bennett's manor. I'm sure he'll be vastly happy to oblige you and will save you all the best of the coveys for you. So he's like, so she's setting the traps of like, come hang out with my husband, you know, your potential future father-in-law. Shoot some birds. Right, maybe you can ask him something. Yeah. And then Jane at the end of this says, surprisingly, 
The first wish of my heart is never more to be in company with either t of them. There is society can afford no pleasure that will atone for such wretchedness as this. Let me never see either one of or the other again. So she's like, she is like so struggling to with this. Uh yes. Um, this is bull, though. This is obviously covering up for her feelings. Yes. This is obviously uh, masking her vulnerability. Yes. So she's in love with Bingley and he's here and she can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and Mrs. Bennett invites her them to a more formal dinner. Even more formal than this. And he's yeah. like, yeah, sure. All right, sounds good. Um, And so now Mrs. Bennett has a big party to plan for that. Time for a party. Yeah, a, a Bennett-hosted party. A Bennett-hosted party. There's going to be some drawing room drama. It's like, yes. it, it does feel like there's a lot of echoes towards the, of the beginning. And I think Jane Austen's a good author and a good storyteller, and she knows that a good ending has echoes in the beginning. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the, it needs to feel familiar in order for it to feel like a good ending. And as we're closing up this Jane Bingley storyline and looking towards the end of the Jane of the Elizabeth Darcy storyline, you want to have some of the same echoes. You want to have some of that beginning ending uh, harmony. Yeah. Mrs. Bennett's embarrassing. Darcy's cold. Jane, is not expressing any emotions, uh, but politeness, and Bingley's embarrassed as all heck. The gang's all here. The gang is all here. Let's go. Elizabeth is vexed by Mr. Darcy's behavior. I do like the line. Well, once she goes, "Why, if he came only to be silent, grave, and indifferent, did he call? Did he come at all?" So she's like, "Why was he like that? If he was like, if he didn't want to be here, <laughs> right?" Which is a good question, right? Like, what is Darcy doing? Like. Yeah, and it just makes so little sense. She drops the line that I really like. Teasing, teasing man. I will know I will think no more about him. <laughs> it's like he and like, he likes to play games. That's all he likes to do. <laughs> yeah, dude, he plays games. Teasing, teasing man. And like when Elizabeth is putting exclamation points in her own thoughts, that's how you know she's really upset. You know, like she's not like being coy or like cutting. She's like just putting She's fully exclaiming in her own head. Yes. I this <laughs> this is upsetting to me. Uh yes. Uh now Jane comes over to Elizabeth and says, Now that the first meeting is over, I feel perfectly easy. I know my own strength, and I shall never be embarrassed again by his coming. I'm glad he dines here on Tuesday. It will then be publicly seen that on both sides we meet only as common and indifferent acquaintance. And then Elizabeth says, yes, very indifferent indeed. Oh, Jane, take care. <laughs> yeah, we're You're just so friends. so full of it, Jane. That's yeah. just right below that for the uh, teasing, teasing man. <laughs> and she says, my dear Lizzie, you cannot think me so weak as to be in danger now. And I and she says, I think you are in very great danger of making him as much in love with you as ever. So she's like, Jane, what are you doing? Why are you acting like this? <laughs> Why do you refuse to see that he loves you? Um, but Jane's in her weird denial as a coping mechanism. Uh, and Bingley and Jane are put next to each other by her prudent mother. And Darcy's not. Yeah, Darcy's away. Markedly so, yeah. And to be fair to Mrs. Bennett, she thinks that's what Elizabeth wants, is to be right. as far away from this bully as possible. 
Right. Who knows what when? And Mrs. Bennett knows that Darcy's a scoundrel. Almost yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, and she knows. Yeah, very little. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious that Bingley loves Jane. Elizabeth is is thinking that like I don't know if if the sisters let him come here to to court Jane or if I mean, but Darcy is definitely okay with it. Yeah, it seems to be uh, not a ringing endorsement, but a certain ex- a begrudging acceptance if he's joining him on the like. They didn't have to come by for like the first time. They could have waited for Mister Bennett to call. And this is one more one more indication that Darcy is doing something that is against his own nature for the sake of Elizabeth. Yeah, he. They didn't have to come back to Netherfield at all. They told them they're never coming back here. Right. And they're back. And so that is another big sign that, like, Darcy is being pushed out of his comfort zone. Um, but, but Elizabeth hangs out this whole party, like, hoping that she'll get to talk to Darcy. And it's like, that's always so painful. And it's like, I know. been there, where you're like, <laughs> yep, all the way back to high school, and you hope you get the assigned seat next to the lady you like, just so you can be like, here's an easy excuse for us to talk, so I don't have to look like I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> and... No such luck. Darcy's uh, like across the room, avoiding her, and Elizabeth is sort of re- she like reflects like, well, I mean, what kind of man would come and and be interested in a woman who rejected him, his proposal for marriage? Like, who proposes twice? No one does this. Yeah, that would be insane. It's over. It's done. Yeah, I just need to get it out of my mind. Even though I love him more than anything, and <laughs> he is the most generous man I've ever met. I need to simply forget this man who has done more for me than anyone has ever done and who uh, also loves me. Yes, just got to forget about him. Don't think about him for a second. Not thinking about him. Stopping (laughs) it right now. Haven't thought about him. Uh, They they have no interaction. They have like this one tiny interaction. How's your sister? Uh, She's good. You know, it's like such a quick. And then minutes of silence. Minutes. Yeah. I mean, speaking of seventh grade, you know, sitting next to the, the girl in the classroom. Yeah. A minute of silence is a very long time. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, got to figure out what's going on with math homework. <laughs> oh, I uh, I tried to talk to you and I uh, am sweatier than I thought I could ever be. <laughs> so do you like Yu-Gi-Oh or? Okay. Well, I have nothing to talk about that. If you don't oh, like Yu-Gi-Oh, you, forget you, it. You don't? All right. Well, uh, that is my entire identity. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like uh, music? <laughs> Are you a music person? <laughs> That's still me now. <laughs> it's still me. Oh, well. Uh, let's see here. So it doesn't really go well for Elizabeth. Yeah, it's another another uh, uh, dramatic drawing room uh, situation where Darcy is not paying her attention and that, that really crushes her. And think of all the nights where Darcy was talking <clears throat> to her when he loved her and she hated him and she right. was trying to get him away. How ironic. Now she's like, please come talk to me. He yep. was more, he was more like conversational when she was like openly antagonistic to him. <laughs> they had more to talk about when they hated each other. Oh yeah. They had a, they had a great, you know, repartee, you yeah. know, when they, yeah. Now they got nothing. It's weird. Yeah. Things uh, are weird. Yeah. And Mrs. Bennett brags about her party, uh, which kind of made me laugh, where she goes, well, girls, what sage of the day? I think everything has passed off uncommonly well, I assure you. The dinner was as well-dressed as any I ever saw. 
The venison was roasted to a turn, and everybody said they never saw so fat a haunch. <laughs> the soup was 50 times better than what we had at the Lucas's last week, and even Mr. Darcy acknowledged that the partridges were remarkably well done. And I suppose he has two or three French cookies at least. <laughs> One, I'd highlighted the phrase, uh, so fat a haunch. <laughs> what a fat haunch. Look at that fat haunch. <laughs> Got a thick old piece of deer. Ooh, the haunch on them. <laughs> nice haunches. Uh, and then also bragging that your soup was 50 times. <laughs> how can soup be 50 times better <laughs> than another soup? <laughs> how bad is that soup? Well, it's just he's so exaggerating. Water versus and... the best soup ever would be three times. <laughs> yeah. She's like uh, satirically, absurdly obsessed with hospitality and... Um, this little party, and it's so obvious. Yeah, it's this is her world. This is her biggest accomplishment. So Mrs. Bennet is thrilled. She thinks she hit a home run. I mean, and she seems like she did. I mean, like, so I, let's get into the next chapter. I mean, like, let's like let's let's talk about it. It's, it's you know, Bingley is keeps visiting. Something something's stirring here. Yes. Uh, and even and Jane is like that was a nice party. I liked everyone there. And Elizabeth is like smiling at her, and she's like, Elizabeth, don't don't instigate me like this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Jane, you love him. Like he loves you. It's okay. <laughs> so good. And then yes, the biggest chapter of them all. Uh, so Mr. Bingley shows up in the morning early like he's earlier than he said he was going to be there people aren't dressed like that yeah. <laughs> like oh no i gotta get my whole corset dress on yeah i i i, I was up, i was up for like three hours i needed four hours to get my dress tied up in the back and what's yeah. weird is darcy is gone so they're not yeah. there together anymore which is another weird sign for elizabeth like why would he yeah, leave something. for 10 days yeah um so I'm, so Mrs. Bennett's like, hey, Jane, get down here. Your boyfriend's here. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually they, everything everything gets together. Um, and they entertain him for a little while. Let's see here. And the winking. Lots of winking. Lots of like, hey, Elizabeth, come help me in the other room. <laughs> and now, uh, Kitty, you also, uh, I want to talk to you. Yeah, I wish they'd been like, "Hey, whatever you have to say to say to me, you can say it in front of this couple who wants to be alone." <laughs> Let's all talk about this thing together. Yeah, whatever so it is. Embarrassing when I'm like embarrassed for them to like how openly and un un like smooth. <laughs> oh my god! It's uh, speaking of seventh grade. It's so seventh grade where it's yeah. like, "Ooh, you guys are talking alone." Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to get married? Ooh, and it's like, uh, actually, yes. Yeah, that's what, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> that's the plan, idiot. <laughs> yeah, I want to smooch her, so i got to marry, marry her first. Before I smooch this lady. Don't want to go to hell. <laughs> no smooching before marriage. That is the official stance of the OK Gatsby podcast. <laughs> that's right. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Keep it. Uh, keep that thing behind your mask. You know, keep your mask on. Don't smooch. Yeah, that's the new rules. Uh, I like this sentence a lot. Mrs. Bennett's schemes for this day were ineffectual. Bingley was everything that was charming except the professed lover of her daughter. (laughs) 
So yeah. that, that first day, like, they are getting closer and closer, but no no proposal. No uh, proposal. The next day, though, um, so Elizabeth's like, ah, it's weird that Darcy's gone, but that probably means that Mr. Bingley gets to do whatever he wants. <laughs> Uh, right, he can he can he can follow his actual heart. Yes, yeah. he's not going to be influenced by any any of his sisters or his friends. Next day, uh, or whenever they schedule it again, oh no, it is the next morning. Uh, he and Mister Bennett go out shooting for a little guy time, which is a classic. <laughs> just going shooting with your with your girlfriend's yeah. dad. Yeah, nothing, no big deal. I love hanging out with a girlfriend's dad. Some things have not changed. Like this is like. People would people would love this if this isn't a movie now. It's like, hey, let's go shoot tomorrow morning, real early. Okay. Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, father of the woman I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I must make you like me. So I guess yes. we're going shooting. I guess we're going shooting. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that the latter was much more agreeable than his companion expected. So Mister Mister Bennett's like, this guy probably sucks, and he's like, oh, he's not that bad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's surprised. Yeah, it's good. He's surprised at how 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 much fun he had. Yeah. There was nothing of presumption or folly in Bingley that could provoke his ridicule or disgust him into silence, and he was more communicative and less eccentric than the other had ever seen him. And so he's like, "Oh wow, he's not a little weirdo anymore." <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny where it's like when Mister Bennett reveals what he actually thinks. He he is just as sharp a character observer. As Elizabeth, Elizabeth is probably even yes. more so because he's not. Yes, he's already given up. Of like, he doesn't want anything from anyone anymore. And he's yeah, he's fully outside of this social yeah. of the social games. He's fully just an observer and a cutting a cutting uh, satir satirist of what's happening. Yeah, and so he sees what Bingley's doing. Yeah, he's like, all right, like actually, I kind of like him. Like he's not as bad as I thought he was. So right. Like, all right, whatever. Um, and then there's another scheme to get everyone out of the room. And Elizabeth's like, oh, wait, I forgot to write my letter. Which is like, just wait. Like, your letter's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to get it a day later? It's been, you know, months since, like, it's like, it takes weeks to send a letter. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And then she walks in in an awkward moment. There's some whispers. And then Mr. Bingley quickly steps up and goes to the other room. Uh, oh, uh-oh. and Jane could have no reserves from Elizabeth where confidence would give pleasure and instantly embracing her acknowledge with the liveliest emotion that she was the happiest creature in the world. <laughs> Boom. It happened. Boom, baby. Over. They are to be married. Wed. Wed. Better Betrothed. wed than dead. <laughs> better <laughs> that's what i say hell like, yeah yeah Good that's point. what everyone is kind of generally <laughs> i'm rather you be married than dead uh so she so she james are doing it like why isn't everyone this happy i don't deserve to be the only one this happy and it's like calm down jane <laughs> like just yeah, be relax. happy you don't have to be your weird self all the time uh, i love so have you yeah well, mr bennett's burn on the two of them yeah Bennett is fully back. Mr. He's B back, is fully baby. engaged. Uh, so that everyone, she tells the mom, everyone's thrilled. He's asking Bingley, who the 
the conference with their father had been shortened to the purpose. So he sounds like, hey, can I marry your daughter? And Mr. Bennett's like, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, marry her. Uh, and then eventually he says, Jane, I congratulate you. You will be a very happy woman. And Jane's very moved by this. And she gives him a kiss. And he hits her with this. You are a good girl. And I have great pleasure in thinking you will be so happily settled. I have not a doubt of your doing very well together. Your tempers are by no mean unlike. You are each of you so complying that nothing will ever be resolved on, so easy that every servant will cheat you, and so generous that you will always exceed your income. <laughs> <laughs> like, just a great burn on like both their personalities. Like, you're made for each other. You're both so nice. And so generous that you're gonna be Miserable. you're gonna be like screw yeah you're gonna be screwed your whole life yes no one will respect you and you guys will never be able to f- figure out what to do uh, and you're gonna run out of money but you're gonna be very and he happy. says it all with a smile yes on his daughter's happiest day so far in wow. life, perfect like, perfect here's a little burn for you <laughs> yeah so good And then she's like, I hope not so. Imprudence or thoughtlessness and money manners would be unpardonable in me. And so she's like, no, father, I'm going to be great. <laughs> and then Mrs. Vetta comes in like, exceed their income. He's rich. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so rich. We should be so happy. Yeah. And then all the sisters, they're talking about like, oh, I want to, th- Kitty's like, I want to throw some balls at Netherfe- Netherfield. Mary wants to go to the library. Ooh. Yeah. Mary. Shut up, Mary. <laughs> Maybe you go practice the piano over there, Mary. Yeah, you're bad at piano. And then, and then it's all good in the house. Uh, Bingley, from this time, was of course a daily visitor at Longbourn, coming frequently before breakfast and always remaining till after supper, unless when some barbarous neighbor, who could not be enough to test it, had given him an invitation to dinner, which he thought himself obliged to accept. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone pulls him away for any reason, it's like, what a barbarous neighbor. You're like a barbarian at the gates. You are like... <laughs> you are an uncouth, mannerless buffoon. You're a monster. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 truly uh, truly a very funny moment. Uh, Mrs. Bennett got what she wanted. Uh which is almost kind of frustrating because she shows no depth of character or, <laughs> or anything like that. But you know what? I like Jane, and I'm glad she's happy. This, these, I know, and it's like and they do words, belong I'm together. Glad they're okay. They belong together. Yeah, they belong together. But yeah, Mrs. Bennett learns nothing. Yeah, and Mr. Bennett learned nothing from his from the Lydia thing. Yeah, no one learned hey. anything, and they ended up happy anyway. Cool. White people. <laughs> <laughs> JK, JK. Not my comment to make. <laughs> um, my, my, there's my. a funny moment where where like Jane is like, the sisters were don't like me. Um like they're probably the ones that kept me away from him. And right. and which I cannot wonder at, since he might have chosen so much more advantageously in many respects. But when they see, as I trust they will, that their brother is happy with me, they will learn to be contented, and we shall be on good terms again, though we can never be what we once were to each other. And Elizabeth says, That is the most unforgiving speech that I ever heard you utter. Good girl. It would vex me indeed to see you again, the dupe of Miss Bingley's pretended regard. 
So, like, that's nice. the meanest thing you've ever said, is that, like, we'll never be as good of friends as we were before now that they know that they worked against me, but I think we'll still be good friends. <laughs> yeah, and that is Jane being, like, absolutely roasting these yes. people. That's that is Jane. harshest mode. <laughs> this is, like, yeah, so, like, Jane has, like, learned a little bit. Jane has changed and been, like, actually, I think they did betray me, but I love them. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to love them anyway, and they're going to love me. Yeah. Because they're great. They're great. I love them so much. <laughs> like, all right, Jane, calm down. I'd love to see Jane, like, say that to their faces. Like, I know you betrayed me, but, you know, it's okay. Like, be sweet about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very Jane moment. And it's very nice, like, where where Jane was like, I, I, how can I be this happy? And Elizabeth's like, it's only because you're so good that you can be this happy. Like, regular people right. can't access that level of happiness. <laughs> Yeah, you're a good, good person. Um, but then there's a very sad line where she says, uh, "Oh, Lizzie, why am I thus single from my family and blessed above them all? If I could but see you as happy, if there were but such another man for you, like if only you could have a man that makes you this happy." And Elizabeth says, "If you were to give me forty such men, I never could be so happy as you. Till I have your disposition, your goodness, I can never have your happiness. No, no." Let me shift for myself, and perhaps, if I have very good luck, I may meet with another Mr. Collins in time. Oh. That's how low her expectations have dropped. Oh, maybe, 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 someday, I'll get a guy as good as Mr. Collins. That'll be my best luck. That simpering clown of a man. That, that, like, that, that, like, Labrador. boot-licking... Yes. Just dweeb. Like, like. Oh, my God. Truly, like, he, like, all those guys that comment on Elon Musk's Twitter, like, worshiping him, that's Mr. <laughs> Collins, but, with, but for Captain <laughs> DeBoe. <laughs> Bingo. You got it. That's it. Yeah. So good. So that's, uh, so that's where Elizabeth is in this very dark moment. Uh, and what's funny is that the Mr. Bennett, the Bennetts were speedily pronounced to be the luckiest family in the world. Though only a few weeks before, when Lydia had first run away, they had been generally proved to be marked out for misfortune. Right. So in just three weeks, they are the family with a runaway uh, daughter who is uh, living in sin uh, and would never be welcome into high society again. And now they have... A married daughter who lives up north, an engaged daughter to one of the richest men in town. Yeah, they're rich. Yes, they're rich. They're happy. Mrs. Bennett's going to be taken care of. That's all she really cared about was, right. like, who's going to take care of me when Mr. Bennett The dies? entailment. I mean, like, well, the yeah, the house is going to be fine. The entailment's going to be fine. And all of that from, like, they were in, like, a social nosedive with the Lydia situation. Yes. They were, like, they were so doomed. And now that they're better than they ever could have like hoped to be, and the whole town, this is like such good gossip. I mean, like I would love to be in this town right now, talking this, talking this trash. Yeah, absolutely. I would, yeah, just be at the bar. I'd love to be talking to anyone. I think yeah. that would be very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Dishing, just love a, to just dish. maskless in a circle, just saying th- things and. <laughs> 
Once again, if you're wondering when this was recorded, it was June of 2020. <laughs> this uh, typically evergreen podcast is dated for June of 2020. Yes. Uh, which may, I mean, I, I mean, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. yeah we're doing a zoom recording. <laughs> <laughs> no one does zoom recordings for yucks. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're, uh, we're so busy with healthy, normal travel that we have yeah. to zoom record <laughs> for, yeah. For four seasons, we were roommates who were riffing around and now <laughs> we're on zoom. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty obvious what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And then let's see. Um, yeah, that's we leave off on a pretty positive note. There's only about so it's three for my for me it's three eighty six to uh four twenty seven, which is forty one pages. Yeah. There's forty one pages to go. What's gonna happen? Obviously What's gonna happen? Bingley's gonna get and Jane are married. Lydia and Wickham are fine. They're not great, but they're up north and they're not gonna cause trouble anymore. Mr. Bennett got his swagger back. Uh, <laughs> and how Mary's still reading up a storm uh, she loves to read Kitty's coffin she should get that checked out especially during I know. the June 2020 pandemic <laughs> <laughs> she probably has coronavirus yes it's a book about coronavirus if you think about it she's probably going to vote for Joe Biden in the <laughs> primary <laughs> yeah. Okay. that's what Kitty's going to do she's a total Joe Biden fan <laughs> um I mean, okay, so uh, the Darcy Elizabeth thing. Uh, I mean, they're gonna get married, but we gotta figure out how. I don't know. I mean, like, it doesn't. It's not looking good. I mean, you know, it's gonna happen, but it's just not looking good right now. It look, yeah, it's it's a classic Jane Austen of like something weird's gonna happen, where she's gonna find a letter, or she's gonna overhear a conversation, or like it's never yeah. gonna be straightforward. We need something to happen in order for that to that thread to close, and it's and we don't even have a hint of what's gonna. Usually, you can be like, "Oh, I can see it's that letter," or like, "There's no hint. We have no idea what's gonna go down." Yeah, absolutely not. It's a uh, very spicy. It's a spicy sauce. It's a spicy it's a sauce. saucy. <laughs> it's so saucy. Oh, my sauce I made for you is so spicy and good. It has so many allusions to previous <laughs> works of literature. Why even do a podcast about a whole novel when all I want to do is hear Kevin do this voice? <laughs> That's all I wanted. It like turns out particularly focused either on Italian accent or the, <laughs> the metaphor of the pizza. No, oh um, no, it's not even like a good. It's not like first. Yeah, it's not good at being either about Pride and Prejudice or Italian, <laughs> and it should be a combination of both. And it's not. And you know what? I I, I enjoy it more than, than you know ninety five percent of what we do here. <laughs> So I'm sorry, but I just that's the truth. I love it. So that's fair enough, fair enough. All right, what you what you uh, where do they find you this week? Oh, I guess uh, where am I going? to – I mean on on Instagram, Ha Hartnet. Check us out. Yeah. Uh, you took a nice little shirtless pic. I thought that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you know I do it for you guys. <laughs> Enjoy. You know, I'm trying to. <laughs> Now they're definitely gonna look it up. You check it out. Yeah. See me with no shirt on. You've heard my voice, now see my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> All right, things are getting spicy sauce up here. This this podcast has gone off the rails at several points, but otherwise it's been uh, mostly about a book. Yes, mostly about a book. Uh, I'm. You can find me on Twitter um, <laughs> at Kevin Lobkovich. Uh I put a little. 
I did a very kind of narcissist. I have so much time right now that I put all my best tweets into one moment. <laughs> so if good, like, good. If you want to scroll through 75 of what I say are my best tweets, they're, they're pinned to the top of my page. But yeah, nice. And we have a meme page too. Yeah. Like a meme. Share a meme. Tag a friend. Tag a friend. All right. And thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Hope you're staying safe. Uh, or if this is way beyond that, hope you don't even have to worry about being staying safe. <laughs> I hope this sounds irrelevant to yes. you. That'd be great. Yeah. Bye bye. You outside. We fly. No lie. You notice. Outside. It's like show me.